Well, it's exciting to come to God's Word again. I always look forward to opening His Word and seeing what He has to say next. I hope you've got that attitude as you open His Word. It's not just a book. We don't just open it and read it like Enid Blyton. We read God's Word. Let's come again to God in prayer and ask Him to do His work in us so that His, work, His Word would speak right into our hearts. Let's pray together. Yes, Lord, as we open your word this morning, may we come with excited and expectant hearts before you. This is not just any book. This is your inspired word to us. And Lord, speak to our hearts because we are stone cold as people. So quickly we don't hear what you say. And so, Lord, through your spirit, open our hearts and may your spirit speak directly to each one sitting here today. Whether we are a believer or not a believer, do your work, we pray, so that we will be changed. We ask this in your precious and your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's read together from God's Word. We are in Luke chapter 8 and we're continuing through with the sermon that Jesus gave to people. Luke chapter 8 verses 4 to 15 this morning. Luke 8 verses 4 to 15. I hope you've got a Bible here, by the way. If you've got a Bible, just hold it up. I should rather say the other way. If you haven't got a Bible, hold your hand up. Get a smack on that hand. I'd encourage you to bring your Bibles and let's read together from God's Word. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. When a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up. The thorns grew up with it and choked it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up, and produced a crop a hundred times as great. His disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And, those, and these have no firm root. And they believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. 
And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and a good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. This passage today is one of the most critical and most important passages you will ever read in Scripture. And so I plead with you this morning, stay awake, listen, hear God's words this morning. It may change your life. It may even save your life. It's repeated in two of the other Gospels, in Matthew chapter 13 verse 1 to 23 and as well as in Mark chapter 4 verse 1 to 20 you'll find this exact same passage repeated there. It is critical, and that's why it's been recorded. So please pay attention this morning. Don't allow Satan to steal this word away from you this morning, as is warned in verse 12. You see, Jesus was going around, and as he did, as he went around, a large crowd was following him once again, as they did. And as he'd gone from village to city to village to town, more people would join him. And they made up a mixed crowd of people. And with a mixed crowd of people comes a mixed response to God's word, as we will have here this morning. But you see, Jesus wasn't very impressed by their response to his gospel. He wasn't very... He wasn't... um, when he got this mixed response from these people, it didn't really do much for him. You see, because some of the people heard his gospel message and they believed it. And Jesus could see their hearts, right? But for others, he could see that they didn't believe. They heard and they heard and they heard, but it didn't go in. They didn't accept. And so he speaks to them in a parable. And what is a parable? It's literally a story which is used to compare the truth with life and your life. That's all a parable is. And so Jesus speaks to this crowd in a parable. What was the reason for this parable? Well, you might not know this, but what Scripture tells us here in verse 10 is one of the places in Scripture where we are told what parables were for. You see, it says in verse 10 that parables were used to to reveal the truth to some. So as Jesus told these parables, he would reveal the truth of the kingdom to some. The mysteries of the kingdom of God were being revealed. And in Bible terms, the word mystery means a truth that would have remained unknown had not God revealed it. So it's not like a Hardy Boys mystery or a murder mystery where a detective goes along and he has to discover the truth. No, a mystery in biblical terms is it would have remained unknown unless God revealed it to mankind. That's a mystery in in biblical terms. And so God reveals the truth to some through parables. He tells a story and through the story people say, Aha, now I understand. So he reveals the truth to some. But here's the shocking truth too. And here from verse 10 you will see this. That sometimes by parables Jesus 
chose to conceal the truth from others. Now that is fairly shocking. What do you mean he conceals the truth? You see, we already have a default setting as mankind. What is our default setting in sin? We have veiled eyes, don't we? We can't understand the truth unless the Holy Spirit comes and reveals truth to us. And here's Jesus saying, sometimes in these parables that I tell you, the truth will also be revealed, uh, um, concealed to some. Who are these people that will be concealed from? Well, it's those, he warns, who repeatedly and determinedly fail to respond to the saving word of God that they have heard, and they harden the, their hearts to it. Did you know that? If you repeatedly hear God's word, and you harden your heart to it, there comes a time when God conceals the truth from you. And you are unable to understand further truth. You see, verse 10 says, Seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. For an example, remember Pharaoh back in the Old Testament? God had repeatedly said to him, Pharaoh, I need you to let my people go. And Moses had come and spoken to Pharaoh. And what happened later? Pharaoh got hardened to the voice of God coming to him through Moses. And here's a very interesting verse, Exodus 9 verse 12. It says this, But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Who did it? The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. You see, Pharaoh had already hardened his heart. But because he wouldn't listen, God also came and hardened his heart. Because God had his purposes to fulfill. And he wanted to work in the situation. And it says, He hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had spoken to Moses. You see, what Jesus emphasizes through this verse is the double jeopardy of unbelief. You will sit and hear the truth, and you will not listen, and you will not listen, and you will not listen, and then God hardens your heart to it. And what happens then? You have people who hear no more than interesting stories. And so they'd hear this parable that Jesus told them, and all they'd hear is the this, this story about a sower. Interesting story. But that's it. There's nothing more. God had hardened their hearts. And others who heard this truth, they heard the truth, they heard this parable, and they were immediately able to understand what Jesus is saying. Why? Because God had revealed it to them. They had soft hearts, you see. So it's all about hearts this morning. And I want to ask you, what is your heart like this morning? Have you got a soft heart before God? Or are you going to harden your heart once again to God's word as you hear it? Jesus called out to them deliberately between these in the story of the, the sower. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he deliberately said it that way. You see, in, in spiritual matters, the clarity of your hearing depends on the state of your heart. If your heart is hard, your ears will hear, but it's not going to go any further. And so parables become windows into truth for some and walls to others. Is God's truth going to be a wall to you today? Or a window into further truth and into your soul? I pray that it's a window. Let's go and look at this imagery. Let's go and look at this parable which Jesus t talks about. And all it is, is it's a simple little story Jesus takes. It's a simple 
Palestinian farming practice that they'd all seen. Every October to December, they would see these, these sowers walking around over the fields sowing seeds. Everyone saw this, that picture all the time. They all knew what it was, what, what it was about. And that's it. Let's go and look at this parable. The sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds came of the air came and ate it up. So there we have this picture. The sower's walking along. He's got this bit of prepared ground, and if you know anything about Palestine, there's a lot of rock and stuff, and you kind of got to work between all this. All right? It's not beautiful plowed lands. They have some areas like it. But Palestine, where all the limestone rock is, it's just patches of ground that are cultivated. And so there's two ways to do this. You can sow the seed and then plow all the land and it goes in, or you can first plow up the land and then sow the seed. All right, either way, it doesn't matter. But there's this variety of soil around. And so there's the sower. He's just sowing seeds. And some of it falls along the path that he'll walk on and that the traveling public come by because they used to walk through all these lands. Some of it falls on that path and people walk on it and trample it. And it's wasted. And then the birds of the air come along and pick it up and it's gone. It's no more to be used in the soil. Other seed fell on rocky soil. And as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Now you can see that for yourself. There's this little bit of seed that lands in a little bit of soil. And it thinks, yes, I can start growing. And it starts to grow. And then the sun comes out, hot Palestinian summer sun. And what happens? The roots lose their moisture, they start to shrivel away because they can't go any deeper, there's no more moisture, and that plant dies. Thin soil. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. You see, here this seed falls, and it could be in good soil, because that's usually where the weeds are, those of you who are gardeners. Yeah, where the weeds grow thickest, good soil. All right. And so there's the seed being sown among the weeds. And the weeds spring up with the seed. But the weeds are usually faster growing. And so they choke out the good plant. And it dies. You see the picture? And then other seed fell into good soil. And it grew up, produced a crop a hundred times as great. Now Matthew and Mark say 30 times, 50 times, 100 times. In other words, one seed yields 100 seeds. It's a fantastic crop in the good soil. And that's where Jesus ends his talk to the crowd. They don't get the rest. That's it. So these people are thinking me, okay, interesting story. But so what? But others got it, you see. They heard what Jesus is saying. Ah, I get it. And that's the difference, you see. Jesus is pointing to people's hearts. I love the disciples, you know. So the disciples come to Jesus. Excuse me, Jesus. We didn't quite get that. Could you explain it to us, please? Don't you see them? These fishermen, the tax collector. Sorry, Jesus, we didn't get that. And so this is a private conversation that happens in the rest of this. All right, see that? The crowd has had their story. And they're kind of talking among themselves now. And here Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And so the disciples come to him and say, what does this mean, Jesus? 
And so Jesus says to them, The sower, that's me. I speak the word, and you hear it. And the sower could be anyone who proclaims the word. And so in that role, today, this morning, I am a sower. I'm sowing the seed. And if you take the gospel to your friend or to your colleague, you are the sower. And that seed will fall on hearts. And Jesus says, the seed, that's God's word. Verse 11. You see, the, 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 the poor um, disciples, they didn't have the benefit of passages like Hebrews 4 verse 12, which says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. They didn't have a verse like it, which tells us so much more, doesn't it? It tells us what God's word does. But they, they were only at the start of this building up of the kingdom. And so, Jesus, please explain to us. And so, Jesus patiently explains to his disciples about the soil. The four different types of soil. Three of them yielding fruit, or three of them not yielding fruit, and one type of soil yielding an abundant harvest. And you need to understand this as well. What Jesus was speaking about when he's speaking about the three different soils, he was speaking about unbelievers. And believers were the, 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 the crop that yields the good soil. But if you're a believer here today, and I would say the majority would be, don't switch off, because I'll get to you. Alright? But if you're an unbeliever here today, if you have not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, you need to really hear what God's Word is saying to you, because it's speaking about your heart and how you hear the truth today. And so Jesus starts on the interpretation, verse 12. He says, those beside the road are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and he takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. And so there we have the seed falling on the path. And some of it is a hardened path where people have been walking. We call it the unresponsive heart. You hear God's word. The seed is sown. But it doesn't even penetrate. Satan comes and takes that seed away from you. And it's gone. You see, how, does, how do our hearts become hard? Sometimes when people hear the gospel for the first time, they've got extremely soft hearts. Because it goes in and it penetrates. But other times people sit year in, year out. Year in, year out. Going from church service to church service to radio broadcast to TV broadcast. And the, the word is out there and they turn away and reject it. That's the hardened soil we're talking about here. And the other way that the word gets taken from you, if you're an unbeliever here today, is you hear the word and your attention isn't here. And it gets distracted. You're thinking about all kinds of things now, except what you're hearing. And what does Satan do? He comes and takes this opportunity from you. You don't hear the word. He's taken it from you. And so, if you don't listen, if you reject, you remain unsaved. And the question I want to ask you is this. How many times have you heard the gospel call and turned away? How many times have you turned away from the gospel? You don't know there will be another opportunity. 
The second type of soil we have is verse 13. Look at it with me. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no firm roots. They believe for a while. And in a time of temptation, they fall, they fall away. I'll call this the impulsive heart. Alright? And this is the majority of people who come and sit in church services and who are still not believers. This would summarize most of them. You see, in Palestine you have that shallow, tillable soil. And as that little top layer of soil dried out, that seed would die. It would initially start to grow, yes. It would put down roots. There might even be, be joy in receiving the message. And you might be listening now to this message and you know, yes, there's something tugging at me here. I'd better listen. But then after a while, it fades away. The Bible speaks about this. It, t- it talks about the time of falling away. The time of apostasia, of falling away. And that's where we get our word apostasy from. To depart from the biblical faith in God. You see, you've heard it. It's had some effect. You might even have started responding in your heart to it. But then it dies away. You'll hear, you understand, you might even be affected, you might even be emotionally drawn in, but then it dies. There's no further searching after truth. Your soil is shallow, your roots are shallow, and as soon as the sun comes out, you might even last longer than today. You'll hear the message, you walk out of the door, and you think, Yes, I must be saved. And you're involved in this. And then you go out and you start life Monday morning. And it's a hectic week. And things start to happen. And what happens to the message? It dies away and dies away. And by Friday, it's gone. You see, you seem to understand. You might even have come to a place where you had a profession of faith. You were so affected that you said, Yes, Lord Jesus, I must believe. But you never gave your heart to Him. It was all on the lips. You might even hang around the church for a while, and the, wrong, uh, the fringes of all the church activities. But after a while, you will walk away from the faith. And you'll prove that you were not saved at all. So close, yet so far, from God. And there are many people like that around. You might even know some. They started off well in their Christian lives and it seemed like they were Christians. But then as life went along, where are they now? Rocky soil. Scripture says, now you need to hear this please. This is the truth that comes contrary to this as well. or that, that, Sorry, that bears this out. Scripture says that faith that appears a short time is not faith. You need to understand that. Faith that appears a short time is not faith. Genuine faith will never let go of Jesus Christ. John chapter 15 verse 1 to 6 bears that out. I am the vine, you are the branches. It does say that those that don't bear fruit will be cut off. And those are those that do not belong to the vine. Second John verse 9 says this. Listen to this. And this one, this one uh, doesn't mince words at all. Second John 9 who everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, here's a scary bit, does not have God. 
And so it doesn't matter what your lips say, if your heart doesn't bear it out, if your life doesn't show it, you do not have God. Don't fool yourself. You've been planted in shallow ground. And yet Scripture also says this, and here's the comforting thing, that Jesus never lets someone with genuine faith go. Isn't that a comfort? John chapter 6 verse 37 says this, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. And so if your faith is genuine, Jesus will never let you go. But if your faith is all of itself, and all of you, and on the lips, you will fade away from the faith. That's the test, you see. Does that describe you today, if you're an unbeliever here today? You're not a Christian. God's word might even be affecting you. You know it's true in your heart. You know your heart remains unchanged. And I ask you this morning, will you again hear God's word and walk away? Will you again not come to Jesus Christ and be saved? We get to verse 14. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. Now, this one is very much like the previous one. There's just a bit more time. There's a bit more soil. Yes, you may understand, and yes, you might even start going through the motions of being a believer. We call these the people who flirt with Christianity. They'll be sitting in our congregations. You might even be here for years and years, but you know deep down you are not a believer. How do you know that? Well, when those storms of life come against you, how do you react, you see? Do you stand up as a Christian or do you fall over? If you keep on falling over, you cannot be a Christian because if you're planted in the Lord Jesus Christ, won't He give you the strength to stand? Won't He give the endurance? Shouldn't you see that as a progression in your life? You see, this is just more of a drawn out falling away from God's Word than the previous one. There's just a bit more soil. But faith is no longer present in the end. That's all that that story is. And then the last section, verse 15, but the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Now, if you're a believer here today, this is where you can fade in again, okay? This is speaking to you because you've heard the word and you were saved and your roots were planted and they went down into the ground. They found the nourishment of the word and you started to grow. And when you look back on your life, what do you see? You start seeing fruit and you should see fruit. Otherwise, you should be really worried about your confession of faith. And after a while, you start bearing 30-fold fruit, 50-fold fruit, 100-fold fruit fruit when Christ comes again. That's speaking about you as believers. The good soil, the deep soil, the abundant crop, life and fruit. That's what that verse is about. So which of the soils describes your heart? Now as unbelievers you'll say, well, three of them are out, right? So it's just that one. Yep. No. Listen. You see, there's a parallel here for us too. Because in our hearts, we can also have some of those attitudes that were described. 
What are those attitudes? I want to put them in the form of questions to you this morning. Here's the first question to you. Where in your life is your heart like a hard path before God? If you're a believer here today, where in your heart is, where in your life is your heart like a hard path? In other words, where are you unresponsive to God's word? You hear God's word, you know it's true. In some areas of your life, it's good. You're applying God's word, there's fruit. But in other areas of the life, of your life, you are just not listening to God's word. You do not want to hear it. You see, sometimes you might even be hostile to the message you hear. I didn't want to hear about that. And you turn off to it. I'm talking about Christians. It might even be inconvenient to you to hear about that truth. Because you know your life, and you know that specific area, you are living in a specific way that God doesn't want. And you do not want to hear anything about that. Because you don't want to change that area. You might even be indifferent in that specific area in your life. And so you need to ask yourself this. In what areas of my life does God have to plow deeply into the soil of my heart to break up those hard clods that I don't want the truth to penetrate into? We've all got them. Every single one of us have got spiritual clods in our hearts that we do not want the word to penetrate. We've all got them. It's called areas of what? Sin. And we hold on to those for dear life. We don't want to let them go. We're being like that path. And what does Satan do? As soon as the truth comes to us in those areas of our lives, we don't want to hear, he takes it away from us again. We become sin-hardened to those areas in our lives. And every time we harden ourselves to those things, our hearts get hardened even more. Have you got an area that you are not wanting God's Word to penetrate in your heart? Second question. Where is your life, where in your life is your heart like the rocky or the thin soil? In other words, the impulsive heart. God started His work in you. Initially you responded well, but now He's hit rock in your life. You're refusing to change. You'll only allow God's Word to affect you to a point and then no more. In other words, it's called what? Disobedience. In what areas in your life are you disobedient to God's Word? Deliberately disobedient to God's Word. I'll give you a practical example. You might not know Scripture very well, but you make no effort to learn more Scripture. You make no effort to come to grips with God's Word. You're happy just to know a few half-misquoted verses. And you kind of hop around from that verse back to that verse and to another verse and back to your favorite verse. And those are all you know. All three verses, you know them. But no more. And you don't want to go further. You see, you're going to also land up in trouble because when the storms of life hit you and that sun comes up, your roots, your spiritual roots are also going to start withering. Because you've got no truth to hold on to. Those three little verses of yours are quickly going to dry up. And you're not going to be able to stand. And it's going to be God's grace and God's grace alone which is going to hold you completely. And we all know that in our lives, right? 
But don't you know God's word? Don't you want to know more about the truths of his word? On how to survive in this life? That's why he's given you this manual. We need to study it. We need to make it part of our lives. Are you refusing to allow God's truth to work in your life? These are the weak and emaciated Christians that walk around. And you might be one or you might know some. Third question I want to leave with you is this one. What are the thorns that are choking out truth in your life? And here we must really listen up because we all have these thorns. What are these thorns that distract you from God's word? That take your eyes off your God? That preoccupy your hearts? It starts the slow fade in you. You know, someone once said to me, I'm saved and I'm going to go to heaven. But I don't read God's word. God, God will do it in me. His grace will do it. That's good. You're in the boat, but you're drifting backwards. Because the current of life will take you back into sin. You need to read God's word. You need to study it. You need to focus in on it so that your mind is focused on God. And then he brings that fruit into your life. You see, I want to ask you this this morning. Is God's word taking a back seat in your life when everything else starts coming against you? Does God's word shift out first? Or is that the last thing that you will let go? Is God's word. You see, if you don't deal with those thorns and those weeds in your life, they become like destructive parasites. You know what a destructive parasite does? It takes over the plant. It chokes it to death. And all that stands is the parasite. Does that describe your life as a believer? If you do not deal with sin, sin will deal with you. You've all heard the old story about leopards. Little leopards become big leopards and big leopards kill. That's what this is about. Deal with sin in your life so that those thorns and weeds do not Choke your spiritual life from you. You see, what will happen in these lives, you will not bear fruit as you should be bearing fruit. You might have been a Christian for 25 years and you look back on your life and you hardly see any spiritual fruit in your life. It's because there are massive weeds and thorns. Deal with them as God deals with you. Allow His Spirit to work in you. Don't have another day where you turn away, you hear God's Word and you think, she'll be right. The Kiwi attitude, eh? She'll be right. She won't be right. She'll kill you. Is what this truth is saying. And then lastly, a word of encouragement to you. And it's also in the form of a question. Are you planted in deep soil? In other words, do you have a responsive heart to God's word? Are you continuing to receive his word with an open, unprejudiced mind? Do you keep clinging continuous tense? Do you keep clinging to God's truth and His Word? It doesn't matter what comes your way. Do you keep persevering in it? Well, I want you to be encouraged this morning. If you're one who's holding on to God's Word, who's clinging to His truth, be encouraged continuous, even though it's past tense. Continue in God's Word. Be encouraged. Because you will start seeing the fruit in your life. What am I talking about? 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. You should be able to quote that with me. What is this fruit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Do you see those fruits in your life? Do you see them? Because if you see them, then stay on the road you are. Hold on to God's Word. But if you don't see them, go on your knees before God and ask Him to show you where you need to deal with things. You see, it's God's Spirit who enables. It is His grace which sustains. It is not your ability to live a good life as a believer. It is God's grace which will sustain you and keep you going through and give you the perseverance. It is His Spirit which will enable you to have a soft heart. You can't do it on your own. You've got to ask Him. Have you asked Him? Lord, give me a soft heart before you. I want to end with a fifth point of application. And it's this one. If you've said yes to being planted in the deep soil, here's the challenge on your life now. Where are you in your turn now scattering the seed of God's Word? Have you become a sower? Or are you keeping all your seed in your seed bag? It's mine. I don't want to let it go. I've got it. It's mine. It's, I'm not, it's not going anywhere. Or are you willing to sow the seeds? doesn't matter where it goes. Whose responsibility is that? Yours? No, it's God's. He's the one who deals with the heart, isn't he? It's our responsibility to sow the seed. Are you sowing the seed? Or are you going to pitch up in heaven one day with your bag of seed and say, Here, Lord, I looked after it. It's a serious question. Who are you giving the gospel message to? Anyone? Have you sown one seed of the millions in your bag? One? Are you sowing the seed? It's God's work from there on. Ours is the obedience of sowing. You see, we need to have this attitude that the Apostle Paul had, 1 Corinthians 9.16, where he said, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And I know for myself, that is true in my life, if I cannot proclaim the word I might as well shrivel up and die. Have you got the same attitude? If I cannot give the gospel to someone, why am I here? That's the attitude we're talking about. I want you to turn with me as we close this morning to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. This should be our attitude to God's word. This should be what our hearts should look like. When we approach God's word. Proverbs chapter 2 verses 1 to 8. This is what it says. My son and my daughter. I've added that. My son and daughter, if you will receive my words. Soft heart. And treasure my commandments within you. Make your heart attentive to wisdom. In other words, open your ears and your hearts and listen and treasure. Incline your heart to understand. That word incline means tip your heart that way. Open your heart to what God says to you in His Word. Incline your heart to understanding. Here's the attitude. For if you cry for discernment, if you cry for discernment, I want it that badly, If you cry for discernment, 
If you lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Why? For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. Look at this. And he preserves the way of his godly ones. Do you want to live in Christ? Then have the right attitude towards his word. Every time you hear it. Look at verses 21 and 22. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. So there are two reactions to God's word today. You reject it and live with the consequences. We accept it and look to the Lord, His grace, His mercy, His sustaining power. And then you will see fruit. Which attitude is your heart in today? I want to invite you, if you're not a Christian here today, you've heard this message, you've heard the call from God's Word to say, come to me and be saved. I want to invite you to come today. Come to me straight after the service. We'll go into my office and we'll talk through this. We'll pray through this with you. And you might even find Jesus Christ today. But come today. Don't walk away because God might harden your heart to the truth. You might not hear it again. And then where will you be? Scripture tells us where you'll be. Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank you for your words. And Lord, thank you for this urgent message today. That we either hear your word, accept it with soft hearts, And respond to it as the Holy Spirit works in us. Or the only other way is to reject it. To harden up to your word. And then to live with those consequences. Lord, I pray for all that are believers here today. That they would keep their roots firm and strong and deep in you. So that they will grow and see spiritual fruit. And Lord, may they look to you when they see that fruit and give you praise. Because it is all of you and nothing of them. It is your grace at work. And Lord, I pray for any here that still do not know you, that today will be the day when they come to you and Jesus Christ saves them from their way of walking, from death. Lord, save those who are unsaved, I pray, so that you in the end will be glorified. We give you praise. Amen.